1: And sign up today at cerebral.com/slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the Beauty Podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejaneiro.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O Sol de Janeiro.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
0: No. No. follow me on twitter at scoop b instagram snoop Ooh, excuse me instagram scoop underscore b and snapchat scoop underscore b but when you do use snoop make sure you use s-n-o-o-p as the promo code for Wooter apparel our sponsor for scoopy radio when you use the promo code snoop you save 20% on your first purchase and you guys might want to jump on uh Wooter apparel because uh master p recently uh, got an apparel line done with the clothing company and in the studio right now is a guy that came from the 801 all the way over here, uh, newly named Utah Jazz beat writer Eric Woodyard joins us in studio. What's going on, sir? Man,
2: what's good. Man, happy, happy to be
0: here. Man, happy to bless. Glad you're here. And Eric Woodyard is, of course, the Utah Jazz beat writer for Deseret News. Flint made. Yes, sir. How long? How hard was that transition uh, from Flint to Utah?
2: Man, it honestly wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? I feel like, uh, you know, being in a city like Flint, you know, that really prepared me for whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I had to go through so much to get to this level. So, the transition hasn't been hard at all. I Man, I'm just living my uh, – really just living my purpose right now.
0: Make sure to follow Eric Woodyard on Twitter at, at, at E underscore Woodyard. Dude, we were talking earlier on the phone, uh, (laughs) starting our day, um, just about the journey. Um, You are everything that has to do with Flint. Right. I swear when I name drop you, when people from Flint come, (laughs) like, yo, numbers come out, draws come out, it's like, I'm playing. I
2: mean, what about Flint? um, It's so special. Man, it's that dog, that determination, that, that grind, that grit. We call ourselves Flintstones there, you know what I mean? Because... You know, that uh, that 2000 Michigan State team that with Mateen and Charlie Bell and, you know, Morris Peterson, that team kind of is an embodiment of the city. And you see a lot of different little offsprings and, you know, things from that team, you know, that 2000 Michigan State basketball team that won. So, you know, I feel like that's that determination, that grit, that grind, that Midwest swagger. You know, I feel like we had to fight for everything that we get. You know, and you can see it the same way from people in Detroit and the same way from people in Saginaw, like a Draymond Green. You know, we all got that determination that we're, where we, when we get to this level and doing whatever we want to do, we want to be the best at it, and we're going to shine in it. So that's what I think makes us so unique because we have to work so hard, the highs are stacked up against us. But when we finally break through and kick through that door, I mean, we're we ready to go. We're ready to grind. We're
0: here at the Spacious Equal Space in Newark, New Jersey, at Gateway Center. Uh, Scoopy Radio also partnering with Little Engine Media for this uh, broadcast of Scoopy Radio. And, Eric, uh, at the time of this taping, you covered the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. That uh, was your first time as a reporter um, covering the covering the Utah Jazz playing against the New York Knicks. What was that experience uh, like? Playing, uh, covering at the Mecca?
2: Man, it was crazy, man. I kept listening. I kept hearing Jay Z my my in my mind, Marcy to Madison Square. The only thing that matters is just a matter of years, you know. What I'm saying I kept hearing the, the encore in my head and just picturing all the legendary fights, all the legendary talents that have been in Madison Square. I'm a big boxing guy. So, you know, Ali and, you know, Frazier fought, you know, fought there. It's been so much history in the world's most famous arena. So, I mean, I was ready, man. I was just more so excited. I have been at Barclays Arena, you know, Barclays Center. We was there before a couple of years ago for a boxing match. But, you know, man, it was really just like kind of one of those surreal moments being in the Mecca, you know, uh, just to Mecca basketball, Mecca sports, you know, in New York, man. And, uh a Michigan boy brought it home, though. You know, y'all got Tim Hardaway Jr. over here, so. For the second time. You know, he he, he brought it home, <laughs> man. He put the dagger in Utah yesterday, and uh, we talked a little bit after the game, but it's just cool, man, to just be here and uh, kind of witness that, you know, witness that history and tradition and- that's something I can uh, scratch off the bucket list. Being a master square guard. You for, you forgot that other part of encore. Fate would have it. Jay status appears to be at an all <laughs> Class time classic. Classic. Say goodbye. Classic. Yeah, man. Jay J- man, he did it. He's still doing it, man. I was, I was walking down downtown through Times Square and uh seeing a big four, four, four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, down there, man. that was just crazy, man, just to see, uh, you know, how fast stuff move here. And you know, I just, I just, I love it here, man. It's just fast paced Super fast paced <laughs>
0: Your journey to me um, being homegrown, uh, Flint. Uh, we often talk about the comparisons. You growing up in Flint, me splitting time between Northern New Jersey and New York City. Right. Um, just how we've been able to craft our journalism voice, um, being local. I think that's a very
2: underrated experience. When you right. say, "Man, that's the foundation," you know what I mean. Like that's what really helped me get to this level because you know a lot of it's a lot of athletes right now from Flint that are doing big things. You look at Kyle Kuzma for the Lakers. Uh, one of the hottest players in the league right now. Not only a rookie, one of the hottest players in the league. You know, you look at him, you look at a Claressa Shields, a two-time with the goal the other day. <laughs> you know, uh, man, she, she a world champion within four fights. You know, you look at Mark Ingram for the New Orleans Saints. You look at uh, Thomas Ross for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, um, you look at uh, so many athletes, man, from the city that's doing, you know, great things. We got a rapper in John Connor who signed the, you know aftermath. You know, so, you know, I think for me, I came back home and I had to build my foundation with these players and these athletes when they was from the ground up. So you build your sources, you build your relationships from the ground up. And that's That applies to anything, man. You That's your foundation. So the local side of things, you know, that really helped me get to this level because that's how I built the relationships, and that's helped me thrive on this level. So The difference between
0: Flint nightlife and Utah
2: nightlife is? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, actually, I ain't really had much time to <laughs> be out, you know, man, but – um, Utah is real low-key, low like real laid back, you know, man, like they have, I did hit a bar one time, I forgot the name of it, but it's nothing like Flint, like obviously Flint is no, you know, it's, it can be dangerous at times, so, you know, you're constantly going in places and, you know, certain stores, you know, you, you need to watch, I don't care who you are, you know, you need to watch your surroundings at all times, not saying I let my guys down in Utah, but I feel a little more safe there, you know, than I did, you know, in Flint, you know what I mean, so has been cool, you know what I'm saying? But as far as, like, the nightlife, I haven't really been out much. You know, I know stuff closed, like, at 1 o'clock. That's the major difference. Stuff that was my next question. O'clock. What time did the clubs close yeah, man, up? they closed at, like, 1 o'clock. So, that was crazy, you know, like, everything back home. Stuff closed at 2, but now you can hit, like, half hour spot. You know what I mean? Like, food places stay open way, way longer, which gets me to question, like, man, like, you know, on a deeper level, like, is this by design, like, in the inner cities of, you know, do they put all this stuff here for us to fail? You know what I mean? Because in the larger markets, the larger cities. You know, you don't have, you know, like, food spots opening to keep you big. You know what I'm saying? You don't have a liquor stores on every corner. You, you have the, uh, you, you in the house earlier, house because the bars closed earlier. So, it just got my mind to wondering, like, on a deeper level, like, is this stuff done by design? Which ties into my next question uh,
0: for you, you being a Flint, Michigan representative, the Flint water crisis. Yeah. Um, Years later, I had you on Brandon Scoop, and we kind of talked about it then. But um, the Flint water crisis—what
2: has changed since we last spoke? Man, not much, honestly. You know, what I mean, you got still pe- people that still fighting for it. But I mean, only thing that's changed is the lack of attention. It's still going on, you know. And then what's what's really frustrating me is now they're trying to say like, "Oh, Flint is not that—you know—the lead is not that bad. It's lead areas in other cities." But I'm sitting here watching the effect that it has on people. You know, like like I said to you before, my son is—I got a three-year-old. You know, he stays, my mom stays in a higher inner city influence. So, you know, he's over there, you know, at least four, three or four times a week, maybe even five times a week, you know, and uh, they still have to use bottled water to brush their teeth and, you know, stuff, you know, stuff like that. So it's definitely something that's still going on, man. And uh, it's just a sad situation, man. It's like, you know, uh, still haven't been really fixed. You know, people still fighting for it, but it's still there, man. It's still, it's still an issue. Humanly, be done like to fix that that issue.
0: Like what? Like how do you fix a bunch of lead in in a?
2: a, You got to redo the whole infrastructure of the water system here because they changed the water back a while ago to water that's you know drinkable, that's usable. But it's still coming through the old pipes to get to your house. So it's not necessarily the water that's going now. It's that going all the way to your house. You know how how does it get to your house when you cut the uh, the faucet off? So that's the issue right there. You know so. That's what's going to have to be done. I don't see that happening no time soon, though. I mean, they are doing stuff. You know, the mayor is trying to do things uh, as far as, like, you know, on a house-by-house house basis, but as a whole, it's still going on. you in a uh, depressed city, a negative, I mean, you know, a lot of people are living below the poverty poverty level. You know, I looked at a study not too long ago, man. It was like, you know, we was like America's poorest city, in addition to being one of the most violent cities in America. So when you couple them together, man, that's kind of what you what get in Flint right now.
0: During my time at The Source magazine, uh, I documented your uh, Flint Made Me uh, documentary that came out, I believe, in 2014 or 2013. Yeah, I think it was 13. Um, I enjoyed watching it because you're the hometown guy. Right. Uh, from the, for you, you being in Utah now, um, how do you kind of uh,
2: add to that story? Right. What, what 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 changes? I think now it's just more exposure, man. You see what I got on my shit, my shirt, just came from Flint still. You know, represent the city and doing what I can. But, you know, at some point, man, you have to really take a leap of faith and uh, really challenge yourself to see what you can do on the next level. So, you know, that's, that's it for me. I'm always fun, man. I'm always going to represent where I'm from. But, you know, you, you can't be as scared to try other things. Not saying I was ever scared, but the right opportunity hadn't presented itself. For me, this is the right opportunity covering the NBA, man. Like, that's a traveling with the team, you know, being able to. You know, I'm from the hood of Flint, man. I'm traveling to every city. You know, I'm basically on the NBA schedule, so I don't take that lightly, man. I knew what it took to get here. So that's making me work ten times as much harder. Plus I know both sides. I know the professional side. I know the you know the, the, the urban area, the hood side, you know, and I can relate to both. So that's kinda helping me as well, man. Here's my question. Um, covering an NBA team, was the was it everything you imagined? Yeah, I mean, I was already kind of prepared for it. I knew what to expect. I talked to a lot of mentors, you know, from the NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists. So a lot of them gave me advice on what to expect. You know, I knew the, I knew the work ethic. A lot of people just look at the job like it's glitz and glamorous, like, oh, you're going to all these games for free. But they don't <laughs> understand on a nightly basis, you have to challenge your mind. You can't have no distractions. You know what I'm saying? you challenging your mind to come up with creative stuff every single night. How can I do something that's different? How can I differentiate this story from the personal the thousand other people who were writing about this game, so I think I've been able to find, you know, pretty cool angles and ideas to really differentiate myself from other people that's in the
0: field as well. I would imagine, uh, you know, growing up, I remember when the Bulls and the and the, in the uh, Utah Jazz uh, played back to back finals against each other at the Delta Center. It's right. now Energy Solutions. It's, it's called the
2: Vivian Arena. They just redid it,
0: so they just put a lot of money into it. It's real nice now.
2: I, I want to switch my question. W- what has changed? Man, it's, like, real modern. Like, I don't know. I guess I never really even thought of Utah, honestly. Like, I just thought, like, stocking them alone. That was my only, like, really my only impression of Utah. But, like, since I, get there, since I got there, you know, it's really it's really unique, man. It's, like, real slick. The people are real super nice there. Like, that's crazy. Like, for me, man, like I said, I come from, like, a urban area. I come from the hood. So, like, everybody in is nice. You go into places, man. Like, hey, introducing themselves to you. They happy to meet you. You know what I mean? Like, for me, coming to my position, they really – value my work, you know, value what I did. You know what I'm saying? I don't do it for that sake, but it definitely feels good to know that people value what you do and, you know, really are excited to meet you genuinely, you know, not just because you have a connection to them, because you're actually good at what you do. So that's the thing, man. And I'm not apologetic for uh, feeling like I should be on this level because I know the work that I put in. So that's, that's great to have people notice that without you having to be like, Hey, look at me, I did this. You know what I mean? So people are already seeing what, I, what I've done and, you know, really appreciating what I do. Style
0: of writing. <clears throat> Difference between being in Flint, covering high school, college, uh, celebrities, right. versus being in Utah. What have you found um, different in your writing versus Utah, and how have you blended your skills to their skills?
2: Man, I just bring my same approach to everything like I've been doing. I'm putting myself, showing what I can do on this, on this level. Like, I'm, I'm not really doing too much different, honestly. Like, okay. doing the same thing I've been doing you know, I'm just doing it on a on a, on a different level, you know, now. So, no, nah, I mean, of course you have to adapt in certain areas, but, I mean, also being yourself. I learned that from a, from a cat like AI. You know, watching Iverson as a kid, man, you be yourself. Like, I'm not going to come in here acting like I'm this way and I'm not. I'm going to be myself. You know, every situation, don't call for acting like this or acting like that, but that's understanding your surroundings and being around enough people to know, hey, I can be myself in whatever environment, and they hire me to be myself. They don't hire me to try to be the next Stephen Ayer, try to be the next Chris Bouchard. They hired me to be an Eric William. You know, that's what I'm being right now.
0: I respect that. And you were talking earlier about your son.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> you talk about traveling an NBA schedule, home and away. Um, how the heck do you <laughs> balance
2: having a kid in the Midwest and Man, being in Utah? That's the toughest part right now. But, I mean, uh, I get up every morning usually at like six, I, We a two-hour difference on Mountain time from Eastern Standard Time. So, mm-hmm. He started school at like 8:30. I usually, no matter how late I've been off, you know, it's only my third week, but I try to get up in the mornings and uh FaceTime him. I talk to him about three or four times a day. Um been sending him some cool stuff. You know, I went to the NBA store down here. He 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 loved Michael Jordan, man. It's crazy. Like he used to watch Space Jam all the time as a kid. He still do, but you know, uh, so he graduated from just watching Space Jam and now he wanna see the highlights of Mike. And he it's just funny, man. I don't want to kill his little dreams and say, Mike don't play no more, but that's like his little Santa Claus right now, you know, Michael Jordan. So when I came down here, I got him a Michael Jordan fat hand and I sent him a lot of Utah jazz stuff. So, uh, you know, just making him feel included, man. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I got a lot of advice from family and stuff. And, you know, his mom's on board, and everybody's on board, you know, with understanding what I'm doing and, you know, recognizing the significance of that, knowing it's not every day that somebody come, come from where we come from and, you know, cover the NBA for a living, so it has been working pretty, pretty cool so far, but it's tough. Does your son actually fathom or process the idea that
0: you're covering the NBA and that this is a job? Like, what, what is he? What do you gather he gets? He just be like
2: Utah Jazz. Like, you work for the... Yeah, he know, he know, like, basketball. I don't think he really understand, like, oh, man, like, NBA. He just know, like, you know that I'm working for the NBA. And, you know, he, he already going to, like, practices and stuff right now. So he love basketball, man. Like, seriously, like... It's like I don't wanna be that LeVar boy, I don't want to be that you know teacher. So I love I love LeVar, don't get me wrong, I'm a big LeVar fan, but I'm saying I don't wanna be that kid that, you know, that's that parent that's gonna be um just super tough on him. I want him to fall in love with the game naturally, you know, and I think right now, man, he's loving it. I'm excited on the inside
0: for sure. You um recently got to Utah. Um what do you gather off the team so far and, and how hard was it to build or how easy was it to build relationships with those players specifically?
2: Um, I think the team is still kind of searching for that identity, man. They've been hit with a lot of injuries. Like Rudy Gobert obviously was their all-star. They lost – first of all, they lost Gordon Hayward. You know, he went to um, to the Celtics, you know, and then gets hurt the first game. And then uh, Rudy Gobert just recently got hurt. Joe Johnson got hurt. Dante Exum got hurt. Three key players got hurt. And Ricky Rubio might even be out. I just learned today. So, um, you know, just really the team is still searching for that identity. Um, I think the rookie Donovan Mitchell is like a breath of fresh air to Utah. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just like a normal, normal, uh, happy-go-lucky person, happy to be in Utah, happy to be in the league. So I think like Utah fans aren't really used to that. You know, a guy like him coming in, happy to be there. So he bringing like a breath of fresh air to the team. So for me, you know, I've been you know getting kind of close to him, and you know, just using the same principles. Like I said, to get to know the players. I ain't gonna say it's been easy. You know what I'm saying? Because nothing is easy to get to this level but I mean I'm just doing the best and being myself man and, you know players starting to take to me a little bit I feel like
0: well during your time at uh in Michigan at MLive uh you've written some pieces about some of everybody you've yeah. written read this morning a uh, piece that you did on Grand Hill right. uh discussing his Fila days and yeah. um actually
2: sending his shoes yeah. to Tupac when crazy. he got out of jail oh crazy like when you heard that you were like what Man, well, you know, what got me interested all the time, like, you know, growing up in Michigan, man, we used to always rock Grand Hills, You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the thing. When I, I remember as a kid, just, I wanted to have Grand Hill shoes, you know what I mean? And uh, we had, like, a big uh, Sprite machine, a Grand Hill was on a Sprite machine, like, to buy pops, pop, something, out of my high school and out of my middle school and stuff. And so I always remember, you know, G. Hill. So, you know, the opportunity came up to get an interview with him, man. I remember also, I was a big Tupac fan, like most, most kids. <clears throat> the all lies on me, cover on the inside, Pop was like on the ground rocking the felines, And I, I always wondered like why nobody ever asked Garn Hill about that situation. You know, and uh when the opportunity came up, you know, we was I was only supposed to have like five minutes with G Hill, but you know, once we got to talking, man, we just went on there about so many, so many things, man, and uh, he was super cool, man. So shout out to G Hill, man. I mean he a, he a legend. You know, he a legend legend in Michigan for sure. Coming
0: around from here, um the thing that always stood to me about Michigan was Martin. Yeah. Um, and around that time you saw guys like Biggie on the show. Yeah. You saw uh Martin wearing Jordan elevens. Yeah. You saw him wearing Philas. Yeah. I mean, number one, was that show
2: actually taped in Detroit? Yeah, I think it was, man. Yeah. Martin man, I I still watch Martin a laugh, man. That's my favorite comedian ever, man. I love Martin, man. So yeah, I think it actually was taped in Detroit. I was so young at the time, I don't like remember the taping and stuff. And like growing up growing up, like Flint and Detroit was like two different Mm-hmm. Things you know, what I'm saying like I heard LeBron like liking like Cleveland to Akron. You know, what I'm saying he always be like, you know, I'm from Akron, I ain't from Cleveland. Like that's how I feel. I'm from Flint, I'm not from Detroit. I respect the D. You know, I respect you know a lot of things that got going on from there, but I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a lot of cats that might be from Southfield. I'm sure y'all here in New York, so somebody might be from a little city and say they're from Brooklyn or this and that, but they really not. Well, you know
0: yeah, I mean? That, I mean, for for me, I went away to school in, in, in the Philadelphia area, yeah, and yeah. for me, having grown up in Essex county jersey right. but then also growing up in harlem bronx
2: and stuff i used to hear that i'm from right. here and then i make a call and be oh like yes, man, yes. yeah I, man, we are just, just like the rest of the world we was in front of it but i don't think we i really understood that it. it was shot in detroit until i got older like i just yeah martin for martin because it remember. feel it just feel like
0: goodyard yeah. was- in studio Scoopy radio and don't want to take up too much of your time um LeBron, you actually interviewed LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this whole thing about, like, it was a surprise thing. And let me let you tell a story. How did that that happen?
2: Well, you know how it happened, man. Like, one of LeBron's closest homeboys was coaching at a school called Oakland University in Michigan. That's Mm -hmm. where Kay Felder, the guy that, you know, the Cavaliers ended up drafting. He played there. So, LeBron's close friend was on the coaching staff. Um, I was fearless. I wanted to do a story with him. Timed it around the time that LeBron would be coming to the palace. Um, By a long shot, I reached out to Cleveland like, you know, can I talk to LeBron for this? I mean, I I didn't know if he would say yes. I didn't know if he would say no. I didn't know. I just was going down there talking to his friend. You reached out to Tad Copper, didn't you? I can't can't remember the name (laughs) on the time. I think that was his name, though. I know. So, uh, you know, long story short, you know, I got close with the friend and uh, we having conversations. And uh, I get a random email like, LeBron has agreed to do the interview. I'm like, what? He'd be at Oakland University. You're the only person that know. We just ask out of respect. You know, you don't tell nobody, but you'll get an interview with him. So I'm like, bad. You know what I mean? Like, dope. You know, I get to talk to the king. You know what I mean? So uh, I get, you know, halftime, he shows up, you know, and I was the only person that got access to him and, you know, uh, talked to him for about maybe like 10 minutes, you know, and uh, had a real good conversation with him, man. And, uh, something I'll never forget, man. I sit down a one-on-one next to LeBron, man. That's That don't happen often. So I understood. I was well prepared, you know So i I knew the questions to ask him and, Got him to smile and laugh and stuff. And, yeah, cool and to it, was man. posting on Instagram, Target smack. smack. Where do you see yourself? Um,
0: and I believe we evolve over time. I remember me and you, just for those listening, man, we go back to NABJ conferences yeah. in yeah. San Diego. You put me on the slam. I was yeah. doing some stuff there. You actually had a video uh, broadcast called, it was the Flintstones, yeah, right?
2: Flintstone on TV. Yeah, I used to do a uh, live show with the slam. So, yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to the slam. That's my, the Bible of basketball magazines to me. Where do you see yourself? The mm, next five years. Next five, it's tough, man. Cause I'm I'm starting this new journey like here two weeks in, man. So I'm just like so focused on being the best that I can be right here, and I feel like, man, God gonna take care of everything else from there. You know, I man. I just see, like, I see myself in this moment, and now I'm just like doing the best I can, like, to be an NBA B writer, man. That's like crazy to think about, an NBA B writer. You know, I'm 29, and uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can, man. Like being the best I can in this role. And uh, I don't know. We'll see where it takes me, man. Like, seriously. Utah Jazz, young team,
0: competitive team. Right. At the time of this uh, taping of this broadcast, I think they are in the playoff picture.
2: No, nah, not right now. They six. they lost, but, I mean, they still got a, they got a shot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're in the picture, for sure. They're not in the playoffs, but they're in the picture.
0: What is the biggest hurdle, uh, obviously, besides Gobert being out uh, yes. for them? Is it just growing? Because I see a lot of young teams like right. the Sixers. I see right. young teams like the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Is it just growth? Is it is it is it seasoning? Is it one
2: player veteran short of, of making something great? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's just, man, they just need to grow and find that identity. However it is, man, they need to find some type of identity, you know, and um, they got pieces, but it's just finding an identity without Hayward, you know, Donovan Mitchell, as I mentioned before, he's still kinda emerging into the player that he's gonna be. But if y'all ain't watched him, man, check Donovan Mitchell out. You got league pass. Kid is great, man. He's gonna be a be a star in the league, man. He he's on he's on the path. He's doing a lot of things. He kind of remind me of a not saying he's Dwayne Wade, but he kind of remind me of that Dwayne Wade type player. Six three, slash, you know, strong, you know, and uh fearless man. So, I mean, they are gonna have to continue to find an identity, man. They probably gonna pick up a good player in the draft, you know. But uh, we'll see, man. You know, we'll see, man. Hopefully, hopefully they get my other Flintstone, Miles Bridges out of Michigan State, man. he will be a good good fit for them for sure, but. You know, we'll see, man. I think it's a good uh, it's a good team for me to uh, start off with as well, too, because you know it's not a uh, it's not too intimidating of a market, you know, but yet it's still an NBA team. So
0: Desert News is Eric Woodyard, just a kid from Flint in the building. We're gonna let you go. But um, brother, I'm proud of you. Man, I
2: appreciate it, man. Proud of you too, for real. Tell us where we can find your documentary. Uh, the documentary is on YouTube. Uh just type in Eric Woodyard, Flint Made me. Um also got a book, man. I wrote a book called Wasted. Um, you can find that on Amazon. Um, find me on social media, e underscore woodyard, w o o d y a r d, and uh, just out here grinding, man. Just trying to get anywhere I can, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be on your show, man. I'm proud of what you're doing, like seriously, man. Like Thank you. we ain't talking about it. We being about it. It's, it's enough of that talking. Like I don't know if you're familiar with the motivational speaker Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. That's my guy, a mentor to me, man. And he always say, man, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. So. Me and him had a power talk before I got the job. We prayed together, and, uh, man, he he sent me off with well wishes, man, and uh, I'm locked in, man. I've been locked in before that, but that's super locked me in, you know, just being able to communicate with that guy, man, and, you know, be in his space. And uh, shout out to E.T., man, like, seriously, because those words are so powerful, man, like, and I I hope somebody can take, you know, what I'm doing, man, and really apply it in their life, man, because, you know, uh, I was starting to lose a little hope, you know, back home, you know, but. You know, just, I just kept working, and, and God bless me. Like, seriously. You heard it first.
0: Eric Woodyard, Scoopy Radio, we out. Yes, sir. Scoopy Radio.